Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Dan Martin on a uh, holiday week, if you will. Christmas Eve right around the corner. Christmas then. The day after, this is Great Talk. Are you doing a Mike Kelly holiday countdown? I am. It feels like you might be. I did. Well, Daniel, then after that, you've got, I think I went to Rooney there, I'm sorry. And then after <laughs> that, you've got New Year's. Yeah. And then you've got uh, the, the first of the year, which is also known here on the 1st of January. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. I'm hot. Ready to. Dan's got a little beard going. Looks a little Santa-ish. Santa-ish. It's not a fat guy with white hair joke. No, that's, it is. That's what I do about myself. It's okay. Sorry. I got Sorry. a lot of gray hair going right now. Got some grays going. Yeah. How you doing, Marty? Uh, I'm good. I've been off work, off TV a ton. A lot of time at home with the kids, which means I'm ready to get back to work. Yeah, I bet. It actually kind of works out. They're about to get out of school, and I'm about to be busy again at work. So that's perfect. Just, just kind of times out. Did you do that on purpose? I did not. It just kind of the way that vacations rolled out, like one of my colleagues is going out of town for a week, and that's coming up, so I'll go back to work. But I did go Christmas shopping with my wife the other day. You actually and Christmas shop in person. You don't do Amazon. Do you know I've never bought anything off Amazon? Really? I, would, I wouldn't even know how. And I, trust Interesting. me, there's a box every hour at our front door. Yeah. The Everybody's dog, the house dog is barks like that every now. 20 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, who's breaking Everybody's no, house is like that. It's unbelievable. I've never ordered anything off Amazon. I don't know how that works. But on Saturday, my wife said, we got to get the kids have a pajama party or something at school. We need paj-. So we're at Old Navy, probably there for 45 minutes. And then we're leaving. She said, well, you just seem miserable in there. I said, well, I was. And I said, why, why, why wouldn't I be? I said, there's nothing for me to do in there. So is it packed? Eh, medium. But I'm just saying she knows exactly what she's looking for, which is great. I figure it was like the big crowds that got to you and they no. were upset you didn't cover their high school team. <laughs> yeah, they came up. When's the last time you covered Afton, jack off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've never been that way or maybe it was a fan that saw you give a pat on the butt to one of the uh, mls stars way to jinx city <laughs> no did i tell you uh this happened on thursday night my wife and i were <laughs> christmas shopping this is what happens <laughs> off tv a bunch and the old navy thing was a great experience she just kind of said you did i said honey there's a thing like other husbands give each other a look when they're at the store it's shopping for the kids or something like how you doing yeah yeah, yeah i'm here too and it's a very low percentage of husbands that are actually, I said, look at, I was there. I get points for that. But last week we ran into a Walmart and I'm, I'm anti Walmart cause of Cronky. I have to be honest. So I'm a hypocrite, but I happen to be in there grabbing some, you know, knickknack kind of things for around the house. I'm wearing a, a, a baseball cap, sweatpants. And this lady just goes news news. You're the, you're on the news. And I said, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> and she goes, you got, you got the nightly report. And yeah. I said, uh, well, yeah. TK. Did you sign an autograph? Did you take TK, a pic? Well, she starts to talk about it. She watches every night. And so now I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I better clean up and look nice for the picture. And she said, man, I, I really like what you say sometimes. But other times I want to reach right in there and punch you. Thousand percent. That's what How she old said. was this young lady? Oh, I'd say she was, let's say she was 40. Okay. I have no idea. But, you know, and I said, well, that's interesting. Thanks, I guess. And she said, well, no, that, that want- means you're moving the needle. Well, Martin. she, I've never had anyone say that to me in my life. And then I started thinking, which one, which comment, which one did, <laughs> right. which one got you that? Like, if you could say, oh, I don't agree with do you that. You do the TKO every night. TKO is at about 10, 20 every night, except I've been off work, but yeah, it's every so night. So it's every night. I had a news That's director. That's a lot of commentaries, man. I had a news director 15 years ago or so. And he was from Texas. Hey, buddy, remember Dale Hansen was the big yeah. Dallas sports guy. Sure. Very opinionated. A lot of commentaries. A lot of commentary. He said, he said buddy, you ought to do uh, something every night. And I said, ah. So I did one one time. And he said, oh, that was great. That was great. Let's do that every night. And I said, excuse me? He said, we'll do it every night. And I said, every night? And then there are some nights there's not a whole lot to comment so, on. So uh, do you ask for producer help on this, or do you, do you come up with this on your on your own? Uh, I usually come up with it on my own, but I will. If I have a couple of possibilities, I will bounce it off the producers and say, "What do you think? Do you like that better? Is that more interesting?" Or the last two have been kind of silly. Maybe it's time for something with some meat. You know, you try and mix it up. Now, Charlie Marlowe, for a little while when he first started, he was a producer reporter, so he did both. So he was in the booth when he was producing. And we always laugh about this because this is probably the first year of doing a nightly TKO. You don't always have. A hot take. That's the problem with our industry is you're forced into coming up why the Cowboys will never win a Super Bowl again. I'm like, oh, that's stupid. But I did a commentary on phone books because I was living in the city, your old stomping ground, St. Gabe's. And I swear to you, every day I'd get a new phone book on my porch. I'm like, I thought there was always one, but I guess it's not illegal. You print as many as you want. It's all ads. And so I brought them on the set, and I had a stack. It was like three feet tall. I said, every day I get home, I got one of these, and I get another one. And I was like, and the director said something, oh, great, Corky tonight's going to go off on phone books. Corky as in the clown. Really? So Charlie tells this director has since passed, God bless him, great director, but was a little crusty himself. So over the years... If I was sitting at my desk, Charlie would be like, what do you got, Corky? What do you got tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I might go back to phone books. It's been 10 years. I might go back to it. So there is that nightly pressure. Are you working tonight? I am not. I'm not back on until Wednesday. Uh, there'd have been plenty to uh, oh, get into. Oh, there's a lot to riff on. Yeah. I, I wish I was working. Like the Cairo, Bar- uh, Barubi, all that stuff. You had Terrence Hargrove winning at the buzzer. Yes. Let's get into it, Dan. Mizzou, Illinois this week. You had the Bragging Rights game. They played yesterday against St. Hall. I watched that game. It was in Kansas City. Good crowd, it looked like, at the Sprint Center, but fell behind by a lot. Tough to get back in. Um, I think Mizzou's kind of in a transition year a little bit. You know, they've got the big recruiting class coming in. I think they'll be competitive. You know, they're in the middle of the pack of the SEC, probably lower third, I would imagine. But, uh, yeah, it should be fun. I mean, I think the bragging rights game is always fun. you got Christmas time, big crowds, big alumni bases. So should be fun. I, I always look forward to it. I don't know if I can back it up with stats, Dan, but it feels like the favorite every year in that game loses. Like the better – the team that you – like so Illinois is ranked. 
they will be the favorite on Friday. I wouldn't rule out Mizzou winning that game. It it seems like that's happened a lot in the last 10, 12 years. Do you remember when uh, Quinn Snyder got the popcorn dumped on him as he yes. left, exited ah. stage left, and that kind of summed up his tenure at Mizzou at that point in time. I mean, they were awful. They were terrible. They were a, a lost program, and he gets the popcorn dumped on him. I felt bad for him. Oh, I, I really did. Such a no bad one deserves look. that. No, it was terrible, but you also knew it was over. Like, oh, that yeah. was the end. But what kind of person decides, okay, I'm going to dump popcorn or throw anything? Like, it's just such an ugly thing to do. Would you I, throw a hat a hat trick? <laughs> I think that's different. Okay. I could throw this hat, Dan, because I'm wearing the DeSmet hat Why again. are you wearing that again? It's, it was. Aren't I, you taking any crap for that? No, only when you bring it up. And I thought of you driving over here. I looked in the mirror. I went, oh, crap. I'm wearing the DeSmet hat. <laughs> I just grab When I get the kids out the door and it's freezing, I don't care. There's all. I got a Packers hat. I got a Marquette hat. I just grab stuff. And I realized I was wearing this to see you, and I thought, oh, no, Dan is going to bring this up again. This no, is you brought it up. This is, I, but I was preemptively. I was not going to say anything about it, which reminds, although I did notice. It, it does remind me of a great Jim Hannafin story, the great Big Red Coat. Maybe not great in terms of record, but the extremely popular, which we'll get to as a topic. And he tells the story, and maybe we've even said it on here. I just think it's so funny when they went 5-11. and 11. And at the end of the season, he had the cigarette, and he pointed at the media. Listen here, you buggers. This team ain't going 5-11 and 11 next year. You hear me? Boy, write it down. And then, like, the next December, he said he's walking the sidelines. He tell, I wish he was here to tell. He said, we're getting our ass handed to us by the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, he, goes, he looked up at the scoreboard at Bush Stadium, and he said, ah, shit, we're going 5-11. and 11. <laughs> He realized that it was coming back to haunt him. And he said, and you jerks played that clip over and over yeah. again. So preemptively, I'm like, oh, crap, I got the hat on. Anyway, Dan, I'm wearing my Dismet hat. That's why but, you don't talk yourself into a corner. You never talk in absolutes. Right. Never say, that's why Doug Armstrong, hey, if we're lucky, we'll finish third. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and then you can fire your coach and say, well, hey, we could always finish third. I did ask Doug Armstrong last week, then what was the expectation? Because if you basically say we're a fringe playoff team, then you fire the coach, and they're kind of a fringe playoff team. You say, well, isn't this exactly what you thought you were? And Armstrong said, I don't even think we're as good as our record. He said, I think the games that we – some of the games we've won, we shouldn't have won. In other words, we're lucky to be close to 500. So what happens? You fire a coach, you immediately get the bump. You had Mike Schilt had a bump. Remember, he took over, and the things turned around. Didn't you always make, get a coach's bump. There's always – I mean, hockey, nine times out of ten – in hockey especially, and maybe the room just feels a little more on edge or urgency or maybe relief. They didn't like the guy who got fired. Who knows? Uh, it always happens. And so, of course, the Blues win the first game with the new guy, and then they win in overtime against a good Dallas team. So we'll see how long the Bannister bump. Drew Bannister is the new coach. Yeah. Uh, I could I could do hours on Drew Bannister and his coaching style, but we won't. We won't do that today. They are playing better. For sure. And it's amazing how that we'll see if it lasts that's the interesting thing it's it's the thing is though the blues in my opinion watching them this year have such a slim margin of error and so when you have that in sports your best players better be really good and that means Cairo better be really good uh robert thomas who's been a point per game guy better be good and your goaltender's got to be outstanding and if those three guys do what they do then i think they got a chance to win some games 
but it, it was the whole Cairo thing was just fascinating to me. Uh, was it taken out of context? You know, his emotions and crying, the fact he drops an F-bomb on live TV. I mean, that was like a whirlwind 48 hours for a coaching. And, and really, the, the coach's firing took a back seat to the player that uh, made a couple of statements, and that was it. That, that normally it's the coach, a right. beloved. I mean, who would have thought in St. Louis, you would have a beloved coach that brings you a Stanley cup is on the back burner a day or two after he's let go because of one little comment by a player that may or may not have been taken out of context. And for our out of town listeners, and a lot of folks that follow Dan and our big Cardinal fans, I think follow us around like that. Listen to this segment that might live in Michigan or Arkansas or wherever. And we'd love to hear from folks. How far away are you listening to these segments would be great. But Jordan Cairo, the Blues' young forward, on game day Thursday, coach was fired Tuesday night. No secret, Baruby and Cairo didn't really see eye to eye. Chief is old school. is basically telling the young kid, get your bleep together, okay? I don't know why I cleaned it up this time, Dan. But, Whatever. Uh, but Cairo was asked Thursday, Jeremy Rutherford, long time at the Post-Dispatch, now at the Athletic, he was asked about Baruby. Highly respected, too. Very, and Highly knows respected. Knows the Blues inside and out. Can ruffle feathers. He wrote all the stuff about Tarasenko being mad at the Blues medical staff. And I know the Blues weren't happy, but it wasn't his fault that that's what Tarasenko and his camp wanted to talk about. So his quote Thursday morning, he asked Kairou about Berube, and he said, no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Now, I don't know if he said, ah, JR, I don't know. I got nothing to comment on. But that comment went nuts online. I was on KTRS Thursday night, and... Brendan Weesey, the sports director at 550, he said, I'll bet you he gets booed tonight. And I said, who, Cairo? I said, because of a tweet, people, I said, they don't know that. And he said, oh, I don't know. Because that stuff gets talked about and thrown. I had no clue it would turn into that. I didn't that. think it would turn into that either. I'm I, with you. I didn't think it would explode like it did. I mean, the fans, you could they were like mad. You could, And the Blues fans, and I mis, misread the room there, that they pay attention to all that stuff. To JR's credit, they follow his reporting. And they booed that kid all night long. And then he cries in the post game when he's getting peppered about, you know, what's the thing? And he said, I'm sorry. I should, I'm sure either Braden Shen, the captain, or Doug Armstrong, the president, probably talked to him that day. Say, listen, just if you could ask about it again, just say, hey, I, I appreciate everything he did for me. It was a misread by him earlier. Just say, hey, like, listen, we weren't best of buddies, but he's obviously a legend in this town, and I got I to gotta earn my stripes or whatever. Don't you think, though, it shows – to an extent, what Craig Berube meant to this town and to mm -hmm. the fans. And I always felt like all those guys that are part of that Stanley Cup are going to be remembered for doing that. They're going to be beloved for doing that, some more than others. Pat Maroon, a hometown guy. Petro wearing the C, the first captain to bring it to St. Louis, despite what's happened uh, subsequently since they won the Cup and he left. But still, he I was think part his, of his it. his status has gone up. Now yeah, that he's gone. They, they, I mean, that's one of the mistakes I think <laughs> yeah. they've made is not keeping him. Um, Barubi being the first coach. I don't care if you're an assistant on it on that team. You helped bring the cup to St. Louis. It was something that was magical. It was a, a wonderful time in this town, and I think it just showed the popularity that maybe people didn't understand. I didn't understand it fully. I knew he was popular. I didn't understand he was or under have the understanding that he was this popular in town. I don't know if I've seen a. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I was. I knew he was popular, but the way that they reacted to a eight million dollar a year core player, future star of the team. I was trying to think of a comp, and it's 
maybe like a Dylan Carlson. I'm just saying in terms of like young, up and coming. Maybe Kyra's done a little more at this point, but they just turn on him because they're so mad about one comment that he made. And I think he'll learn from it. He's obviously immature. Maybe Shen or Army. Somebody should have got to him earlier because it was, it wasn't just Kyra that didn't like Berube. And plenty of guys get sick of the coach. It happens. In fact, I talked to Craig Berube on Friday. We'll have it on the site tomorrow. And he agrees that sometimes this message gets stale. He's like, listen, I'm, I was beating my head Hockey, against- they turn him out like oh, it's no yeah, big he business. Was, he's way past, you know, the expiration date right. of most, most NHL coaches. He fully admits that. I even said, when Armstrong walks in Tuesday night, do you know? He said, yeah. He said, you know, the writing's on the wall. Like, they all know they're about to get fired. Uh, but I, I just think that Cairo, it was a boneheaded comment. Maybe it wasn't intended to be a shot the way it came off. But just be smarter than that. Did just you have, did you think he was going to get fired? I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think I it was going to happen getting, yet. I actually, you and I talked about it last week. We talked about Travis Ford being yeah. a little bit on the hot seat, how Ollie has been, and he's got a year to prove it. And we said last Monday, Cousin John, loyal listener, said you and Danny talked about it last week, that it could happen because NHL coaches always get fired. I didn't think it would happen that soon. I thought you'd get to maybe like the first of the year. That's and, what I thought. And kind of see where we're at. Armstrong, to his credit, and he's mostly been criticized, most people said you should fire yourself. I mean, in terms of approval rating, even with this year's team, I think Bruby's approval rating was still at about 90, and Army's is at about 30. Yeah. And they're mad at him for the team that he gave Chief. But all of that said, it may still have been the right move, but it's extremely unpopular, which led to my poll, which made people mad at me, in the last 50 years, who's the most popular coach or manager in this town? And I include Mizzou in Illinois. Who's number one manager? Mm. I guess Tony. It was Whitey. A light, uh, Whitey for sure. Whitey would be number one. one. Whitey for sure. Yeah. I put Norm second. And it doesn't mean they won final four, made to the final four. What? I just think in terms of staying power, popularity. Is it 34 years? I think so. But, I, I mean, he was mammoth in terms of his yeah. stature in this area i regret not mentioning lou henson i did have an honorable mention him. the illinois fans are mad at me and they always feel left out and i understand that we do often forget about folks from the illinois side but i went so here's my five i went whitey storm and norman tony now tony's tricky because he wasn't always popular lightning ride man well i mean but he wasn't but i think he became yep. more and more popular and when you win two titles and now when he comes back he's Pretty beloved now. For sure. At this point. I put Baruby four, and then I put Spoonhour, which I think in terms of his, in that era, and you were around, I wasn't as much. You know, the NFL was gone. The Cardinals were down. Then you had a lockout year. Blues had hole in that. But Spoon's presence was huge. Owned a restaurant here in town, Central West End. He was accessible is all get out. I mean, and he was, was at events with Jack Buck. All the time. Uh, and he and Jack were very tight. Uh, what about Vermeil? Okay, so Vermeil was on my honorable mention. So I, I put Gary Pinkle, Quinville, Hitchcock, Vermeil, Hannafin on my honorable mention. Again, this is popularity. This is not all about championships, although that leads to more popularity. Vermeil, who I'm extremely close with, wasn't popular for two years. Wins the Super Bowl, then leaves. Still comes back and is extremely beloved, but I just don't think he fit in that window. It was so quick. Well, if he stayed. 
hit correct. That's right. If he correct. stays and wins again, or even just stays and rides it out a couple of good seasons, which they would have had. Right. They were good after he left. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think then that that changes the, it, the top five. And, I, and people that were mad about it, I said, listen, this is my list. Create your own. Sure. I just think in terms of like Spoon, you know, they did, they went to a couple tournaments, which is great. It doesn't compare at all to Barubi winning a cup, but in terms of like staying power, popularity. That's what, what about like, uh, Majerus? Did you have him on an honorable mention? I did not. And a couple people said, what about Majerus? And this is my theory on him is he was about to become popular right when he got sick. The team was bad. He wasn't media-friendly at first. I got along great with him. He loved me because of Marquette, and we would sit and talk. But that team goes to the tournament in 2012, and right after that, he got sick, never came back. Had he been the coach in 13-14 on that run they went on, I think he was about to own the town. And I yeah. said it when it – with the day he died, I said the sad thing to me is – he was about to loosen up a bit because he was pretty intense and ticked off a lot of folks around the program, but he was about to be huge, maybe bigger than Spoon because they were about to be really good, I think, for a yeah. while. It's interesting. Slew, if you have a good team and you have good years, you can really own the winter months, at least a couple of them. I mean, if the Blues are good, that's one thing. That's a pro team. It's been around forever. They're such a loyal fan base, but man, you could make a mark. You can make an impact. And unfortunately, I think Slew's kind of been on the outside looking in here the last, what, five years? Yeah. I mean, the 2020 year would have been a really good season for them. And then the COVID year hit. They were were primed to be very, very good. They should have been a tournament team. And it just, obviously, things went awry with everything in our world. But um, I think, though, you have a chance to make an impact. It's just they, they just can't crack it man it just hasn't been there right. and they're, they're not going to do it this year either i mean no. that's, a, that's a team that's down no they're going to nc state which is probably a loss this week despite the great comeback on saturday some folks mentioned martz and he was for a while extremely popular but when the the product fell off a lot of the criticism whether it was right or wrong went towards him about personnel and how basically the greatest show on turf started to deteriorate so he gets knocked a little bit for that some folks said brian sutter who was an extremely popular player and then became the coach. A couple folks said, what about Mike Schilt? Had he been here longer, had a longer yeah. run, I think he had a chance. But, but the further he's away, the more people like him, don't they? Oh, yeah. And that's a part of this list. I mean, Vermeil, two years in, we all wanted him out of here. Yeah. Now he's a legend. LaRusso was hated by some. And now he gets standing O's. He's got two World Series titles. And so I, I think you could argue, I would argue with myself, maybe Vermeil goes five over Spoon. But... But the whole point was like approval rating and yeah. popularity. I'm I'm trying to run through some of these. Uh, Somebody said Red, but he was. He, this is the last 50 years. Red was coaching, but he wasn't the manager of the Cardinals in the 70s, 80s, 90s. What about Brian Sutter? Sutter was yeah mentioned by some. And did you already mention him? I just said he was okay. one. I didn't put him on my list, but people thought he should have been in that group. I mean, Jacques Demers was really popular for a short window. Quinville, I think, would be for sure near the the five. I was just going to bring up his name. If he gets cleared by the commissioner or the uh, NHL from what's going on, and I don't know the inner workings of what's all happened or what's been reported, if it's all true with the stuff in Chicago, it's nasty stuff. But like, man, was he part of the cover up, or right. what did he know? When did he know it? Kind of, or did he just not know? I don't know. Could you imagine though if he comes back? I mean, people would be going like, bring nuts him here. Yeah. It's interesting because Doug Armstrong made it very clear that Drew Bannister is the interim. Now, the guy can prove him wrong. I mean, I don't know if the Cardinals planned on Mike Schilt keeping that job. Maybe. 
They didn't plan on Barubi keeping it. He won that job, of course. But they're looking for the best candidate. Quenville is out there. Yeah. That would be – I, I would do this. If the team is not a playoff team and fans are restless – you might have to do something to appease the fan base. I and mean, you've lost, it's even including Panger in that list. I mean, you've lost Ruby, who's hugely popular, Broadcaster and Pang, and then over the years, Peron, Petro, Maroon, guys who were really popular. You might need to move the needle somewhere else. And Quenville's a guy, though, from just the nuts and bolts of it that has taken over teams like this and developed it and saw it through the rough patches and then got you back to playoffs and respectability and then winning uh, you know so if he's cleared I, I don't know if you want to touch that but I, I think that they would would, I, I would. would would Doug Armstrong and this is kind of the Moselock comp would he want a guy that he's not higher than in the totem pole who would come in and almost immediately have more juice Maybe in the building, but maybe around town. You know, that's the tricky thing if you go outside. But that's what makes you a great leader. Yeah, if for you, sure. You put people in positions and you don't worry about if this guy's more popular than me. Right. You can't worry about that. Just give me the best people that are going to win. A great example would be Ali Marmol with the addition of Yadier Molina. If this guy's going to help us win, we put him on a, a, a role, that of you know, pseudo coaching role where he's helping – the catchers, he's there at spring training. He can help game plan. If that's helping me win, then I want him. And I've talked to Ali about it. He's like, I don't, and I, and I believe him. He's like, I, I don't look at this as a threat at all. I look at this as if this helps us win, I want him here. And fans may not realize this, realize this whether you think he should be or shouldn't be. I can just tell you, and you know this better, for a fact, he is, Ali Marmol, extremely confident. He feels like he knows exactly what he wants to do, when he's going to do it. So he's not going to be right. Even though he's a young guy, he's not going to be rattled. If they said tomorrow, hey, Joe Madden's your bench coach, he'd be like, oh, boy, oh, yeah. boy. I think he'd say, okay, if that's what they want, fine, let's go win. Like, yeah. Let's go do it. That's his approach. Fully believe that. that he he just, doesn't look over his shoulder with that stuff. Yeah, and maybe at times it haunts him. If you think you do have all the answers, I think he could. that could be a detriment at times. But he's not going to be intimidated, and I think Doug Armstrong is one of those guys. He really doesn't care. Like he, he's going to make tough decisions. And he said, he goes, "My job is to keep this, to put this franchise in a better place than when I got here." And he said, "And for a while there, we were." He said, "Right now, I don't feel like that's true." And he said, "And that's my job to fix it." I saw that. I, I think they're in a better place. Yeah, I think that's a little because remember the whole Checkets disaster yeah. and all that. He came in in the middle of that. Um, I think it's fair, and I said, how do you know you're the guy to do it? I mean, when you fire multiple coaches, then it kind of comes back on you. But what happens in the NHL? Think about this. It was Davis Payne was an interim, and they did a, they won a little bit. Now he's the guy. Players walk all over him. Bring an old-school Ken Hitchcock. He'll kick him in the ass. They start winning. Not enough in the playoffs. Team starts to hate him. He's a pain in the rear. This guy, we're sick of him. Get him out of here. Bring in Mike Yo. Players walk all over him. Bring in Barubi, who's going to kick him in the butt. Yeah. It's like, here we go again. I don't know anything about Drew Bannister, but if for some reason they started to walk all over him at some point, maybe he does a good job. Maybe he gets the interim removed, and then in two years, they bring in a Sutter to kick everyone in the head. Exactly. <laughs> it's so obvious what they do. And in the NFL, it's like, we got to fire, uh, find an offensive head coach. we got a great quarterback. So you hire 
Scott Linehan. Oh, that was a disaster. We need a defensive-minded coach. <laughs> right. Go get Steve Spagnuolo. It's, like, so predictable. It really is. Hey, Christmas around the corner. Want to remind everybody, late second, uh, last second gifts could be found at uh, Lordo's Diamonds. Lordo's Diamonds. They're in the uh, heart of Ladue, located in the heart of Ladue. Joe and Jimmy Lordo at lordosdiamonds.com. Also, Ascension Charity Classic. The Ascension Charity Classic will be here before you know it this summer. And uh, get your tickets to golf's biggest event here in St. Stocking Louis. Stocking stuffer. It is a stocking stuffer. I uh, want to tell you about Fuse, Lou Fuse and the Fuse Automotive Group. They're doing great things with kids in our community, but also looking for the perfect vehicle for that loved one in your life, Fuse.com. Shout out to the Fuse family. We didn't talk because I was away and whatever. We had those weeks we didn't do the show. I was at the old Rams Park right before the uh, state playoffs in Illinois because East St. Louis, Coach Sunkett, they were out at Rams Park practicing. And I hadn't been there since the Battle Hawks a couple of years ago, I think. It was just kind of weird being yeah, in that building, sure. but I appreciate the fact that it's still a very functioning athletic facility, which is what Lou Fuse has turned that into. So kudos to yeah. them. Of course, we're in the Pasta House studios. Dan already knew that. 19 area locations. Order online, pastahouse.com. When you're out there shopping last minute, you're at Old Navy with your wife. Nobody's got time to cook, Dan. you got to go to pastahouse.com. Triad Bank, our good buddy, is the CEO, Jim Regna. He's as St. Louis as it gets. Went to Rosary High School. Remember old Rosary? Then it became Aquinas, Mercy. Then they called it Trinity because they combined three of them. Jim went to Umsel. The main point is Triad Bank is a St. Louis-based bank. Appliance discounters for all your appliance needs, as well as a great repair team. Marie DeVilla, Senior Living. They're at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Beautiful Christmas tree. You need a last-minute picture with the gang. They don't mind. Just pull right in there. Corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Huge outdoor Christmas tree. Very festive over there. And, of course, the Missouri Athletic Club. Dan, you know they have two clubhouses? I did. Yeah, Down I did know that. Downtown and out west. And they've got a great speaker series. Do you know they have Roy Blunt and Claire McCaskill together coming up in February? My mom wants to go. I think I'll go with her to that. It's gonna I be may fast. have to tag along. It might be a Kelly Hancock thing that they're yeah. hosting, I think. Sure. Um, I love their speaker series. It's so cool because there's so many different things going on all at once what did i have for dan on my list too oh you had something else you were oh, i wanted to bring up I can't, oh, you just said you had the notebook that, there and i had you, the notebook you triggered my thoughts here a minute ago and now i'm ah, forgetting about it but you watch a lot of nfl because you're a hypocrite you hate the league but you watch you love no the no game. no do you love I, the I game? hate the business side now i do love, love the game. game my theory is there's only about four or five good teams and the rest of them are all like six and seven seven and six and they all play the same game every week which makes you watch because it goes down to the wire. Every one of them is one possession, it seems like. But who's good? Philly's good. Dallas is good. Uh, I'm, right now I'm doing Miami, top, top Baltimore. Of my head. Miami, Baltimore. You've got a, but there's a handful of teams. Buffalo's but, gotten hot. Buffalo and like San Cincinnati Francisco. and Buffalo are dangerous because they're kind of lurking. But San Francisco, Philly, Dallas. And then you've got your Baltimore, Miami. Uh, and the Chiefs, of course, the record's yep. not great, but they're going to be a favorite or yeah. dangerous. But there's, so you can get, I'm probably forgetting somebody, but there's five or six teams. Comes down to one possession every night, every right. game, but every there's night. There's a lot of crappy teams. It's With the quarterback play, there's been over 50 starting quarterbacks now in the league. So my theory is, Martin, if your QB can survive the playoffs and you get to the Super Bowl with your QB, you win. It's just the yeah. last QB standing. No, it's true. It's so true. whoever has the last QB standing will win the uh, the Super Bowl. 
That's it, how it's going to work. I, th- I think you're right. I think all those teams that we mentioned, though, they all have a stud QB. Yeah. It's pretty simple, isn't it? it it's amazing. And going into this weekend, 30%, or I'm sorry, 30 of the teams had a chance to at least be mathematically alive for the playoffs. The product has that's never they, been. That's what they love, though. I mean, the product has I never know. been better. Well, even I just think some of the teams are bad, but the games are good. It's yeah. the same thing. Like, I hate the league, but you can love the game. Teams are bad, but the matchups are good. Even the freaking Bears should have won, and they're at Cleveland, yes. and all of a sudden Chicago's not terrible, but they're not great. They're not good, but they're not terrible. That's the league. Atlanta, not terrible, not good. New Orleans, not terrible, not good. I watched the uh, some of the bowl games this weekend, too. Uh, uh, it's interesting. I mean, Chip Kelly, was he was the head coach of UCLA, was asked a, a simple question of, um, you know, what are your thoughts on how to either keep or correct what's happening with NIL, um, the, the fact that you have the transfer portal, that they themselves in the Pac-12 are leaving and that conference is being dismantled. If you get a chance, go back and listen to what he had to say. And it, it is so well thought out, and he's he's funny, and he's like, yeah, I haven't thought about it at all. And then he goes off and on this. Shield. Yeah, and it just made so much sense to put basically everybody in football is an independent. You're yeah. all Notre Dame, and basketball stays basketball. Your your women's sports stay in the Pac-12. You know what I mean? You're, you're a Big Ten school, you, whatever. But there's ways to do this to where you keep the rivalries going that you've had for so many years, and that's – it's going to be unfortunate with some of the, the well, things the coming. The Pac-12 being disintegrated exactly. is a travesty and for golf and track and baseball and all that stuff. Exactly. That, it is a joke. It doesn't make any sense. Dan, this has really been a lot of fun. I feel like I talk too much. No, you don't. I is just kind of tee up and let is you go. Is that an IHOP cup? Yeah. Were you at IHOP? Recently, I was. The International House of Pancakes. It's really good, too. Pancakes are really good. I love pancakes. Dan, uh, Dennis Miller used to do a whole bit about the International... House of Pancakes. And then he would do a whole thing about how they would bring out the syrups. Remember the difference? Yeah. What's the boysenberry? Is it from the Bordeaux region? Like he would do a whole shtick about how the, the as if the syrups were wine. Yes. He's like, because it's the international House of Pancakes. Who are you uh, visiting with this week? You always get great guests. Uh, Craig Ruby is on the radio show tonight. We'll have that out tomorrow. Uh, what else is going on this week? I talked to Keith Kachuk this week. We had Panger last week, which was very timely. That's still up on the site with Darren Pang. It was the day after Bruby was fired, and they're really good buddies. And, he's, yeah. and he said, eh, maybe Chief will do a little TV at TNT. And I said, whoa, are you dropping? He goes, I don't I go, well, you might know. I did ask Chief about that, but he said he wants to wait. And I said, do you want to coach again this year? He said, I, I'm not ruling anything out. He made it very clear he'd like to coach. I said, not, you're not going to wait? And he said, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. If there's a good job that opens, I guess, in the next couple months, maybe. How much uh, longer did he have on his deal? year and a half. And they still owe him about $5 bucks. Wow. And he's, there's a thing, and, and this is in the interview, too. I said this to him at one point. People look at him, and he is a hard ass, and he can be intimidating. But from a media standpoint, very easy to deal with. I've never had any problems with yeah. him. Easy access. Now, sometimes he's real short when the game's bad, and he doesn't want to talk about it. But he'll text you right back. He'll call you back. Hey, not not a problem at all. You know, very easy to deal with. He'll be fine. And maybe the legend grows. Leave before it gets really sour, you know, and the product gets really bad and they want you to leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you leave. Absolutely. And, You're still wanted. I, I think, as a, I said online, his approval rating feels like 95% and people are like, 
higher. <laughs> now, some people said message is stale. He didn't adapt to the players he had. He's forcing his style on them. And you talk to people. It's not just uh, Kyra. I think some other guys were ready for him. to. And the message must have gotten stale. And that was LaRusso's thing. Remember, every year he said he would meet with the team and see if it still made sense for him to stay. And that was the famous I Scott. never believed him. Yeah, I, Well, I know it, it sounded like bullshit. <laughs> I know he did. It sounded but... like bullshit. But remember, they, the story goes, he, he was going to have like a, not a secret ballot, but like they'd pass note around the room. You could vote or something. And Scott Rowland said, I don't need a ballot. I don't think you should be here. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. Ola. And that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, that was it. That oh, was would, it. Wouldn't you love to get, I would love to have, it's, there's no reason to talk about it now, but I'd be fascinated that just that moment alone, like what, how did the room react? There was an interesting one when uh, the club was going to open up, McGuire was in his heyday, um, and I think they were going to go open up in Japan, and it came down to a player's vote, and the the, the young players were looking for money. I mean, they were all going to get paid like 50 grand or 75 grand, 100 grand, whatever, just to show up and go play. And Big Mac is making $25 million a year or whatever. And he's like, I don't want to go do that. <laughs> and some of the young guys stood up, and they got set down real fast. Rick Crowshore. May if, have been Rick Crowshore. If I remember correctly. Yes. 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 Oh, my gosh. Where is a guy like that? Now, that's a name. Wow. Yeah, go find him. As soon as you started telling that story, I was like, Rick Crowshore. I don't know why I remember it that. Was, it was him. Yeah. And and Big Mac said, "We're not going to Japan." The young guys are, "I kind of want to go." I never they seen, want to get paid. I never seen the world. Yeah, <laughs> and Max said, "We're not going." Okay, that was it. End of story. That was it. <laughs> That's how it works in those rooms. Veterans run the show. I was thinking uh, this time next week, you're opening presents. Santa will uh, come to the Kilcoin household. So Monday is out. So yeah, we might have to do a great post Christmas great talk. Okay. Only if the listeners demand it, Dan. We're so insecure. We're always begging for feedback. We're like the we're like the people that start a channel. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Right. I'll send you a free scarf. Please subscribe. We're not we're not begging for no. listeners. We're we'll, we'll get together. We appreciate next week. all the great people out there. Where are you listening from? Are you tuning in in Alaska at this point? Dan's wearing the gray piping on the side, <laughs> red sleeves. Yeah, uh, you're doing your best, John. Uh, John, I like when John paints a picture of the uniform. Does a great job with it. Nobody, I never knew what piping meant until he started telling yeah. me. Yeah. I love when he does that. Dan, Merry Christmas to you and the entire gang. All right, buddy. Merry Christmas to you, and this has been a great talk. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.